Thank God it's free range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now. Thank you. 
101.5 UMFM. This is, thank God it's free range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Mike Loves and kicking things off for us tonight, 17-year-old British artist Matt Ryder with a track called Feel that was released earlier this week. Uh, definite Chris LaRocca vibe to that one. Really dig it. And uh, wow, 17 years old. That's a very impressive young age to be making music like that. Uh, we have got an interview with Stephanie Blondel Johnson of Winnipeg's Mise en Scene coming up in, uh, after a couple tracks. Uh, they are about to release their new album, Winnipeg, California, and we talked about that, and we'll be debuting uh, a new track from it at the end of the interview. Uh, before that, new single from Men I Trust out of Montreal, a song called Lucky Sue, and a cover of The Cranberries by Winnipeg's own Living Hour. Uh, keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM.
mise-en-scene is about to drop winnipeg california onto the world and uh, have been teasing us with a few singles so far but here to talk about the whole record stephanie blundell johnson how's it going i'm great how are you i'm good uh i'm excited about the new record it uh, comes out of the gate really strong so uh wanted to first off talk about kind of like track order and how you guys decide you know positioning but particularly like the fact that it starts with about love and like those like that that guitar squall kind of like hits you to start things yeah, off. Yeah, definitely. Well, we always wanted to start, I think, with that song for a couple reasons. One, because um, it's definitely our, our producer's favorite, one of his favorite tracks. Um, he, like, when we were first starting to work with him, we were working with, so, so for this, we worked with two producers on this record. Uh, we did two songs with Dave Gannon in Vancouver, and then we did eight with um, Eric Ratz in Toronto. And so this one was produced by Eric Ratz. And when we were sending our demos around, when he heard this one, he was just like, oh my God, we have to do this song. <laughs> he was just obsessed with it. I think it's because uh, it really reminded me, right, reminded him of the song, um, Stop the World and Melt With You. Um, I can't remember who sings it, but um, yeah, so he always loved that one. And so that's a little bit of an homage to him, you know, putting it first on the record. But mm -hmm. then also, you know, most of the songs, I would say like a good 70 to 80% of the songs are about love. So <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, it's about love. The whole record's kind of about, you know, finding love, losing love, all the other stuff. So it's kind um, of like a mission statement for the record? Yeah, it's kind of like, this is kind of like, you know, this is what this is going to be about. <laughs> right. We have, uh, we've got some of our, uh, you know, we've got our unsolicited advice. We've got our like feminist punk songs and, um, but most of the songs are about, you know, love because I think that's what everybody really loves to sing about. And I think that's what inspires most people to write about like, write songs as love and love found love lost and 
it's just the most it's the strongest emotion <laughs> i feel like we're not like crazy political songwriters so mm -hmm. that's definitely the the content we're usually working around uh within our own experiences and then you know experiences in the music industry and stuff so but yeah so in terms of track order yeah, we definitely start with About Love With That. And also, yeah, like you mentioned, it has that great guitar line. Um, actually, we worked with Micah Ehrenberg with that. And he did a lot of the guitar on this record, lead guitar on this record. Mm. And uh, he's so great. I love working with him. He totally understands what we are doing and understands what we are about. And um, I think when we come together, we create, we create sounds, I think, that like, that we wouldn't make if we weren't doing it with anyone else. So I think it's really cool that, you know we've been able to like bring him along for the ride and have him part of this project um so yeah like the guitar line yeah i love it it's awesome <laughs> and uh in terms of the track order it was tough actually and actually even just picking the songs to record the record was tough because we wrote about 50 songs and we demoed 25 of them and we only picked 10. right and and we had to leave out some like we didn't record some really good songs, you know, like there, there were, it wasn't the kind of conundrum where it's like, okay, we've got 12 songs and we're picking 10. All right. What's the least crappy ones to keep on? Um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure people don't normally think about things that way when they're making music. Um, but I think just because we had such an abundance and we were going through such a huge creative outpour um, in 2018, like really in 2019, just really pouring out the music um, that when we were recording in 2019, it was, it was really hard to pick. Like all of our producers had a really hard time picking which ones were their favorites and for different reasons. And so when we were picking the tracks it, and like which ones to record near the end, when we were picking like songs eight, nine and 10. It was about, you know, what are we fighting for? Who's fighting for which songs? Who believes in what songs? But also, how are we going to round out the record? You know, um, you don't want two songs that are too similar in the same world. So um, that's what that was the reason why some songs got left out was because of that. Um, not because they weren't great, which I really hope to do an EP with some of those songs actually soon, um, because I don't want to let them die. Um, so yeah, like it was, it was tough and it had to be really well rounded. And then when we were doing our track listing, we really wanted to make sure that things flowed that um but that we're also giving you something a little bit different every time um you know so like the track listing like it starts with uh, about love and then it goes into dollar dreams which is like our which was one of our focus tracks uh which is grunge you know like about love's very like there's acoustic in it but it's still like indie rock and then dollar dreams goes into a grunge thing and then angel comes up next with more of a pop vibe um and then it goes to high school feeling, which is like acoustic and a little bit more uh, softer. And then it goes into dance my life away, which is like dancey, upbeat, still acoustic guitar, but like in a strokesy kind of way. And uh, you know what I mean? So like we're trying to make sure that every time there's a new track on that you're, it flows, but your ears are perking up like, oh, this is different. Um, so yeah, long winded, uh, way of answering your question there. <laughs> totally fine. Uh, you mentioned not letting songs die, right? That you were like thinking about an EP for some of, for some of the tracks that uh, didn't make the cut. Like, do you think of like your songs as like living things and like, do you see them grow or like change on you or like what, what's kind of your conception of your songs in that way? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like songs are like, 
the way that I like to, <laughs> the metaphor I usually use are like, they're like your little, they're like your children. So like they come from you. Um, and like, once you start working them out, like once they start coming out of you, <laughs> sorry for the visual, uh, but once they start coming out of you, it's, you're just trying to do the best that you can to shape it into a, like a great person or a great song. So you're trying to use your influence and you're trying to like, let, let it be what it's supposed to be. And you're trying to like help it grow up to be the best thing it can be. And so like, you know, and like it takes a village, right? So it's like other musicians, it's producers, it's, you know, your label team or whatever. And it's like all these things that like develop this song to make it the best it can possibly be. So I always look at it as that, like, because that's also, yeah, it's coming from me, but I, I also have to take a step back because I have to let it, I can't tell it to be a doctor when it grows up, you know, like it, it has to do its own thing and live its own life. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really important thing for a songwriter to do is to like, let go, you know, like you, you write the initial kind of stuff and, but you also have to like be, you have to kind of let it figure itself out. I don't It's kind of hard to explain. Um, well, you mentioned sending the demos around, uh, and obviously like, you know, before with the producer, then I have to imagine like at that point, it's kind of like sending the kid off to college and like they kind of yeah. college or something like, you know, when you start talking to an outside ear, that mm -hmm. song is going to shift in some way and maybe some ways you didn't anticipate. Yeah, definitely. Like nothing went too crazy out of the world um, for us, uh, which was, a, I think, a good thing. Um, but I do feel like it was definitely interesting to see like which ones had the potential that like, you know, a producer who's obviously done this before. Like I really, tr I trust producers. I really love working with producers because I don't record my own music. And I, for me, it's all about songwriting. And so I really love working with producers. I love collaborating like that. I'm, I'm very big on being a team player. I really like that. I like, I don't want to do this all by myself. I want to do this with a team. Uh -huh. So for me, it's like, yeah, like someone sees potential in this for whatever reason. So, you know, Dave Genn, who was um, Matthew Goodband, like, you know, he obviously is going to hear certain things that like, I'm not going to hear, right? And he's going to like see potential in things that I might not, that I might, yeah, I love the song, of course, but this one between that one, like I might have not have the same kind of reason for selecting to record it as he will. However, there were definitely songs where I'm like, no, we're doing this song. Like, Unsolicited Advice is one of them, actually. And um, I was like, this song needs to be recorded. I'm sorry, that's just happening. Um, and at the time, there wasn't a bridge. And so we were, we were working with Eric Ratz on that one. And he's like, all right, Steph, like, if you're going to do this song, you have to send me a bridge. And I picked up the acoustic guitar and I wrote in like two seconds and sent it, sent him a voice memo. And he was like, yeah, that's perfect. Okay, fine, we're doing it. <laughs> okay, it's great. So, and I'm so glad we did because I know for like some of my close friends who've listened to this, they're just like, that's one of their favorite songs. Well, let's so. talk about that track because you just dropped it on, on socials like last night, day before. I know I just- uh, Yeah, like yesterday or two yeah. days ago. Two day, Tuesday, two days ago. Yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously, based on real life experience with receiving unsolicited advice, was this like in in like your professional life or your personal life, or like just a blend of all of it? Because oh, all of it. Well, I think that's everyone's experience. Like, you know, I was listening to my friend. My friend Gate lent me a record uh, from this 
obscure British guy named Bevis Fond, Frond, I think. Frond, yeah. And I was listening to it and it was really cool. I just really liked the way that he used his voice and certain things. And so, and I was starting to like play around with unsolicited advice and I was, you know, I was playing around and like singing things, but I didn't really know what the song was about yet. And then I was driving in the car and then I'm like, unsolicited advice. That's what this song is about. Oh my God. And then I came home and like wrote it like that night. But so for me, it was, you know, cause I remember like talking to my dad and like bitching about how, Oh God, you know, this, 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 and that, and people don't take us seriously or this is that. And he's like, Steph, everybody thinks they know something. And like, that's the first line of the song. And, you know, like a lot of people like to think they know something, right? So they like to tell you what they know, right? And they like to tell you and they're, they're trying to help you, but they're really just giving you unsolicited advice. <laughs> and it's just this like dance that we all go through of like receiving it and being like, oh my God, like, you know, gosh, if, it were, if you didn't come over here and tell me this, like my life would have been like, I would have been lost without you. If you didn't give me this unsolicited advice, I would have been done for, would not have been able to complete my life. So it's just kind of like, I think it was, it's kind of more of like a joke about how we all receive it and it's never welcomed. No one really wants it. It's why it's unsolicited. And you just have to kind of smile and grin and bear it, I guess, just to like get through it. Um, but it was definitely coming from, yeah, like Jody and I have received so much unsolicited advice. Women in music, hello, yes. Like that's mm -hmm. all we get, it seems like, you know, and you know, I would, I would definitely say though that you know, we've been doing this for a while now and how things were when we first started out compared to how they are now is like night and day difference in terms of that kind of stuff. So things are, are, are way better, which is awesome. But yeah, I think everyone's received unsolicited advice, both personally and professionally. And it's always, it's always a, you know, a lip biter. You have to like bite your tongue and mm. smile. <laughs> You said it's, you know, different from how, when you started out, like, are, are you meaning for you to, uh, in, in, like, musically or, like, just in society or, like, what, what are you kind of, like, gauging? Oh, I think on? I would say all of it, all yeah. of it, honestly. Like, so much has changed if you think of the last 10 years about, you know, um, inclusivity in music and, um, you know, just, like, representation um, has completely changed. When we were, like, I remember touring and there were, I didn't see one woman on stage at all like and now i'm seeing them all over the place which is great you know like it's like it's like imagine walking into a room like of all women being a man and you'll notice you're the only guy just like if i'm walking into a room with all dudes i know i'm the only girl <laughs> like you just notice those things um so that has definitely changed um but then also socially like say people are are opening up their minds a lot more and are realizing kind of you know certain privileges that have that they've never maybe acknowledged before and with that acknowledgement things are changing a little bit and it's definitely making you know us feel and me feel like a lot more comfortable where I am whereas like playing like Jody and I both play very male dominated instruments and you know you think we haven't gotten unsolicited advice about that or like how to plug in our tuner pedals and you know, Jody must be playing with brushes because she's a girl playing drums. And oh, we don't need to give you a sound check because you're probably playing an acoustic guitar, even though I'm playing an electric. Like, you know, we would, we were, we were loading in at venues and people said that the girlfriends had to pay. And I'm like, well, we're the band. He's like, oh, 
oh, okay. First of all, what girlfriend carries in their boyfriend's gear? First of all, <laughs> second, like, no, that never happens. And then second of all, I'm like, did you not, like, where are the band? Like, do you know anything about who's playing tonight? And then also, it's like, how could you, like, again, it's just like this assumption this, that, like, we couldn't possibly be the ones playing, you know? So, yeah, like, things have gotten a lot better in the sense that there's just more women playing and there's more women on the bill. There's more women in the genre of music that we're playing, which is rock. Um, and it's awesome to see. It's really, really great, you know? Yeah. Now, you mentioned that the, the record mostly songs about love. Uh, and, I mm-hmm. mean, historically, like, rock music, mostly songs about love with, like, mm-hmm. know, some other things kind of smattered in there. Uh, you know, as... Uh, a woman in a you know perpetually male dominated genre like do you feel that your love songs come at love from a different way because of like the female gaze versus the male gaze oh definitely like I definitely feel like my perspective and like my emotions about things are different um and that's actually I find something that I like I'm conscious of even when I'm writing um and I think that's why I've, I've just been so excited about this record because I do feel like I'm, I think I'm definitely writing from a lot of the female, from the female perspective in songs like, like Unsulted Advice, yeah, you can absolutely take a female approach for that. But I think everyone can relate to that song, like ev- because everyone's received it and given it. So it's, that's just in a humanity thing. Um, but there's a song called You Guy on there and that's definitely a woman talking to a man. Um, and bitching about it <laughs> she's mad about it um but then there's songs like all the love and end about love and dollar dreams and like all those other love songs that it can totally be taken from anyone's perspective but I do find that um because I'm a female voice that a lot of um it just tends to be like more females identify with what I'm saying than men do just by the fact that I'm a female singer when I I I think that like the music is very relatable to everyone so but again that's something that we need to kind of get through you know like I definitely feel like not enough men listen to women women Mm. musicians like current ones that are like singing about things and and I'm not trying to generalize too much because we have a lot of amazing male fans who I just adore and you know it's it's really not about that it's really just more about like the culture of it because as a as a female songwriter I definitely think about things where I'm like how can I make this more neutral or how can I make this more universal and appeal um sometimes I'll think about that in a word choice. Um, And sometimes I don't. I'm like, no, this is a very personal thing. It's about me. Like, yes, this is what it has to be. Um, Just depends on the song. Um, But you just hope that whenever people are listening to you, that they're not judging you or putting you in a category based on female, male, you know, like for me, that that's the thing that I want to get out of. That's what I want the world to get out of. Like, can we just be musicians here first and, deal with all the other stuff later <laughs> well and you, like you said these are like universal topics so it's yeah it doesn't have exactly. to be gendered no it doesn't it doesn't at all and um but again like I don't want to make it seem like I'm like you know uh that I have like a lot of a lot of beef with it it's just something as a woman especially as a woman you're just like you're just kind of you're just kind of used to it honestly um it just now now in today's day and age like in 2020 like we can just talk about it openly now Whereas like, I could never talk about this in an interview 10 years ago. I yeah. couldn't talk about this. 
historically as a listener, like you would have been asked to like identify with like the emotions or storytelling of a, of a guy rock singer singing about love in the past, whereas a guy had never been challenged to like do likewise from mm-hmm. a perspective. Yeah, exactly. And also it's also interesting too, is that I also feel like when people are comparing like us to other musicians, they'll only compare us to female ones. When mm. like we have a lot of other things that were that like a lot of people come up to us and talk about ta- tell us that we sound like early U2 all the time and like or the jam like the UK is the jam like and but most people don't really talk about comparing music in a multi um, gender way like it's it's like oh you have a female voice so you, you've got to sound then that means that you're um you're either Courtney Barnett or you sound like Hole or you sound like, um, gosh, like the, uh, gosh, what's that other band that they always compare us to? Um, oh, I can't remember, but yeah, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's also kind of like, why does that have to be it? It's like, it's like comparing female painters to only female painters and male to only male. Mm-hmm. When like the brushstrokes can be the same, can be compared over so many different things, you know? It's like, I just don't like that categorization of it because I feel it just limits everyone and it's just not necessary and it doesn't listen to the music like first and foremost right like that yeah you're not being kind of uh I don't want to say graded but like kind of corralled by like oh you know we use our guitars this way so should we we should be compared to other bands that use their guitars this way versus you know yeah a shoegaze band or something yeah like and it should just be about the art it shouldn't be about like what the person looks like when they're singing doesn't matter how they identify it doesn't matter whether they're you know black white gay straight man woman dog or cat like it just doesn't matter like what's the art and you like it <laughs> that's it <laughs> and so i would love it if we could get to that neutral place you know but i, I like i'm saying though like i'm not saying that we're not there and that we're not we're, we haven't been making progress towards that because we have and I definitely want that to be very clear because mm-hmm. it was, you know, I'm just like, again, like I'm even like, I'm so thankful that we can even have this conversation right now because like I said, this wouldn't, this conversation would not have happened 10 years ago. So people are just more open to hearing about this stuff now and kind of hearing a little bit of like the hard, hard truth, the hard experiences of like what the society has been like for the last little bit. So it's been, it's good to talk about it because that's how we learn and that's how we change. So so releasing a record into like the right now where you can't tour it and stuff like that, how does that change your approach to kind of putting this out in the world? Oh my gosh. Well, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> like we were supposed to release this record in June and obviously that didn't happen. And we literally just had to kind of, we kind of sat back and just thought about it we're just like let's just watch what happens for a bit let's just see what other bands do you know some bands just released um just kept going with the regular plan and again like we weren't sure like i remember when things got canceled in march and everyone's like oh we'll be touring by the fall and now we're not touring by the fall now people are saying oh um i know like some u.s uh people are saying that okay maybe we, we can tour in the fall of 2021 um, and then I'm also seeing some bands going over to the UK. So I don't really know. Like, I don't know if it's wishful thinking for these dates in the UK or just in Europe. And like, 
you know, wishful thinking for 2021. I have no idea what's going on. And no one does. I think everyone's just hoping for the best and just trying to like, you know, keep the momentum going and just going for it. But for us, like, we're really just like, we're trying to just find creative ways to like stay engaged with people online. Obviously everyone's online and everyone's working from home. This whole conversation's happening on Zoom. So you know, we understand that our world has changed in a huge way. And it's about connecting with people through online resources now. Um, so it's like online shows, online concerts and stuff like that. But for us, it's just, it's been tough. It's been so, so um, confusing. You're totally in the dark. We have no idea like whether it's we, we had a couple different release dates planned and we kept pushing back because we didn't know about like first wave, second wave and our labels based in Vancouver. So when we were talking with them about all this stuff too, you know, their experience with COVID was very different from Manitoba. And then we had another person on our team from Toronto. So when you're talking like Vancouver, Winnipeg, Toronto, um, and they're all experiencing COVID very differently. Everyone has different ideas about how you should release, right? So like COVID in Toronto was not doing very well. It was very bad. Vancouver was bad, but Manitoba was doing the best out of it. So here we are kind of being a little bit more open, but they are like, oh, no, no, no. It's closed everywhere else. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just been a complete jumble. You're just trying to like keep your head above water and just try and keep momentum and just be as authentic and genuine as you can while doing it. I think that's that's the only thing you can do at this point since touring just like isn't a thing. Well, speaking of authentic and genuine, I, I appreciated the Instagram pictures uh, for the unsolicited advice launch. So. Oh, yay, thank you. Yeah, that was super fun. <laughs> I, I love the women in my community. So it, it was really fun to do, to kind of like honor them in that little thing too, because they've uh, they've been through it all, so yeah. For sure. Well, before I let you go, Steph, I want to get you to pick a track off of the record we can play for folks. And if you have a reason why you're picking that song or an anecdote about it, love to hear that. Yeah. Okay. So I think because we were talking about, about love uh, and that's the first track on the record and no one has heard it yet. And I love you guys. So I think you guys should be the first ones to play it for your listeners. So why don't we do the first track off the record about love? Let's do it. Right. Well, Steph, thanks very much for taking some time. And uh, what's uh, so Instagram probably the best way to keep tabs on the band right now? Or yeah, yeah, Instagram at Mise on Scene Band. Um, Facebook is good too. And then you just go to MiseOnScenBand.com for our website and find out every everything there that you need to know. Perfect. Well, the record's called Winnipeg, California, and this is the leadoff track about love here on one one point five UMFM.
Showing up if I keep seeing you out. 
We're back here on Thank God It's Free Range. You just heard a new single from Kate Davis. I'll do anything but breakdance for you, darling. Before that, Field Guide with a new single called If I Keep Seeing You. And we started that set off with mise-en-scenes about love, the lead-off track to their upcoming record, Winnipeg, California. Going to leave you with two new funk numbers. Uh, one part of the Brighter Days Ahead series, we've been debuting stuff from Coal Mine. Uh, the last two singles dropped today. One is from the Monophonics, and the other is this new track from Akebe Shakedown called Adonai. And then a new single uh, from Sharon Jones and the Dab Kings, a posthumous release of a track called Little by Little. Stick around for After 8 Radio coming up after this. <laughs> <laughs> 